I think the tough part now, and maybe it always was in show business, is being attached to those early performances. There aren't that many businesses where you learn in public like we do. Right. You right. do something and you go, I had no idea what I was doing, and, and, and there, there it is. Welcome to Wisdom, Wealth, and Wellness, a podcast on overcoming behavioral biases and blind spots. Sponsored by Satofsky Asset Management, and this is Jonathan Satofsky. I am absolutely thrilled to have John Slattery with us today. He's not only an accomplished actor that you may have uh, recognized, he's a director, producer, he's a writer. He's best known for his unforgettable portrayal of of Roger Sterling in the critically acclaimed AMC series Mad Men, which he was nominated four times for a primetime Emmy Emmy Award. That's four, four times. Four losses. Four losses. Well... Four-time loser. That's who you got with you today. Four-time loser. <laughs> anyway, his career spanned decades. I've seen him on Broadway, which he's, you know, I think he may have had, may have had to do knee replacement surgery because of that work. Uh, his talent has earned him prestigious accolades, including SAG Award, and he's recently directed a pretty cool film, Maggie Moore. Maggie Moore? Z- Maggie Moore's a comedy thriller starring John Hamm and Tina Fey. So thanks for spending time with us today, John. Glad to be here, Jonathan. Jonathan, do you get does do you go do you like Jonathan or is your pod pod ID just John? It sounds more mature, you know. Jonathan sounds more mature, but you know, Jonathan. You know, the only good thing about Jonathan, Jonathan I'll I'll tell you is yeah. that uh, my mom got me golf balls when I was forty, and I hit them out of bounds. And 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 the, if you look up Jonathan, it means gift from God. So of course everyone finds these golf balls and they think they're getting gifts from God. It's great. Nice. That's the baddest. You don't Jonathan. go back and get them if you hit them in the woods. You just you just you drop another one. I don't want to get. I don't I want to get. I play golf with you. I've seen you hit a lot of balls in the woods. <laughs> I, I don't want to get. I don't want to get poison ivy in there. Anyway, you've had such an extensive career in entertainment, spanning over thirty years, from television to film, Broadway. You know, how has your perspective on the industry shifted over time? You know, what what do you think? What what wisdom would you gain uh, that you wish you knew earlier in your career? You know, based on what's going on today. I I mean the the, the changes in show business are are. I mean, happening as we speak, um, you know, we've gone from basically a broadcast slash cable television world, which lasted for 60, 70 years to a streaming universe that is encompassed all of movies and quote television. So almost all, um, that's all one thing. I mean, as far as what would I tell my younger self? Probably be a little more selective, uh, which sounds counterintuitive. In the beginning, you kind of do everything somebody chucks at you, you know, just because you have to get a toe in the door. But I think being selective and knowing knowing what you do well, which is hard as a young person, but I, I keep an eye out for what it is you do well. I trust your instinct, I guess, I would say. That's hard to do as a young person, too. A lot of people like to tell you what to do as a young professional. Um, but I don't know. I mean, uh, if I had to do it over again, I, I don't know what I would change necessarily. Well, uh, does that answer the question? I mean, the, 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 the it, question of changing show business is, is very relevant to, because I mean, my, the actors union, the writers union are both on strike as we speak. Uh, the directors came to a deal, which a lot of people aren't very impressed by. Um, and it's all about, streaming revenue. And as we know, the streaming companies are 
I mean, are having their own challenges, or at least they're painting one side of this picture and the, and the actors and writers are painting another. But the actual business, the model for making content, which is kind of a generic word, but movies and, and telling stories, where you make them, how you make them, how you sell them, how you finance them, and how you distribute them is all all over the place right now. Well, there's more money than there's ever been before, right? So as an actor, director, producer, like you can you can produce, you can create content and find someone. Like when you started AMC, right? I imagine everyone was like, wait a second, what's AMC? And AMC, you know, all of a sudden had this blockbuster hit. It was not really on the radar at the time. Is that well, fair? Well, not for doing new content. It was fa- That's fair. But, and to say there's more money, I mean, look at a- AMC's stock is down. Uh, everybody's stock is down. So as to whether, I think what this... What we're looking at is a contraction of this model where you just make a bunch of shit and throw it at the wall and see what sticks and spend a, a ton of dough and rely on some, a subscription model isn't has been is kind of full of holes at this point, and that will result maybe in making less content for less money because these companies are claiming poverty despite the fact that they're paying their CEOs a lot of dough. Uh, so I, I don't know whether there is more money than ever. Yeah, but low budget, low budget creation. You know, it's interesting because I I've heard a little bit uh, about the impact of AI in the entertainment world, and yeah. and I know just in preparation for this call with you, just as a, as for you know comedy purposes, we we said okay, ask if I'm speaking to uh, John Slattery, what are questions you want to ask? And of course they got half the questions wrong, you know? So, you know, people are using AI to, they think it's going to replace writers and actors and directors and, and clearly there's flaws, there's holes. I mean, you're, you're, you know, I'm sure you would like to be a pilot, but I think you're a surfer rather than a pilot. So, you know, there's some holes in that story. Yeah. Yeah. That's maybe the last thing I am as a pilot. We don't want to get on a plane with you uh, being pilot. No. Only if it's on autopilot. Yeah. No. Even if I huh. show up with my sh- shirt with the epaulets, uh, you still no, no, not, not quite the case. Um, but AI has that. Do you do you is that part of the argument that you hear from the studios and 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 the the battle between talent and creatives and and the and the studios and the business types, the suits, I guess you would say. Um, sure, it's a big part of the writers' guild uh, uh, slate of issues. Yeah, because. Clearly, you can give an AI a, a bunch of scripts and then say, Get, "Write me a a a, a, a procedural, a, a crime procedural with, uh, you know, these three characters, and and, and give me a twist in Act Three, and uh, you know, you'll get a you'll get a, a a a script back. It won't be original, and 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 it it won't be." artistic and it won't be certainly written by a human being, but it might be serviceable to someone. And I think that's what the, that's, I know that's what the writers are worried about. And I guess AI and its progression can be used to do any number of things, deep fakes on actors. You see videos all the time that are really impressive. So, I mean, it's a projection as to what it can do in the future, but this is a time where it needs to be acknowledged and regulated. In its in the in this infancy, so that so that it, it, you know writers can't be usurped by this technology. Yeah. All right. Let's get something more fun. So yeah, you've worked this on is some, fun though. We've, we've all right. Let's get something more fun. You you've worked on some incredibly successful and popular shows as uh, 
of course, we all know you as Tony Stark's father, I think, but, but, but Mad Men was, was more uh, preeminent where people know you. How, how do you, how does it feel to be part of projects that resonate sort of deeply with an audience and sort of, you know, capture, I guess what you would say, um, cultural time and, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, particularly with the changing landscape, right? I mean, you know, it was that particularly Mad Men was so interesting because it was telling about a time that is so taboo today. You know, it's, it's kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does have a certain evergreen status, I think, Mad Men. I mean, like, like, uh, you know, not to compare the, 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 but Sopranos, say, which, which also you can go back to that and it works. And it, and it, yeah. it's, it's the great Mad Men is great writing. Um, it was well cast and extremely well executed, I thought. And, uh, we had a really good time doing it. We all recognized that from the beginning. Yeah. Um, that the scripts were uh, unusually good. I mean, the pilot script was. And then uh, I've been involved in TV uh, shows where the pilot, you know, takes a year and a half to write and, and is, and is calmed over and scrutinized by everybody. And then, and then given a healthy budget to shoot and, and tons of attention. And then the show gets picked up and then you got to crank out episodes a week at a time with seven days of shooting. So the quality level can drop off, which this did not, we did all that. We, 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 we were confined to a short schedule shooting episodes, but the quality just got better. I mean, the quality of the writing was, it was really extraordinary. And, um, and that from there, everything progressed, you know, the, People knew how good it was in-house, you know, all of the creative department heads and everybody really tried to keep, keep uh, up with that level of, of storytelling. So So it was sort of like a a great place to go to work. I was going to say, it's like a culture, right? It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. The culture that was created between the writers and the actors and the talent and the creatives, like they were all collaborating. And would you say that's the key? You can feel it. And that's the key to creating like, you know, great entertainment that really strikes a chord where you feel like everyone is in harmony or is there sometimes that it's just, is there different formulas that you've experienced that have been successful or not successful? Yeah. I, I don't know. So, but, but the harmony part, I mean, it, we were harmonious and we were, we got along, but there were, there were, there were flare ups and tempers and, you know, differences yeah. of opinion, certainly all the time. Um, and I think that's part of it. You have to be free enough and and confident enough in your interpretation of whatever the the the, the scene, the moment, the is to to defend it. And then if and somebody else has a better argument, then you then you go with that. Um, yeah, and and each set is different. Each show is different. But yeah, I think to have that writing as a as a as a platform, there was a certain expectation of of like come ready to go to work and, and, um, and, and if you didn't, you were, you heard it. Yeah. So every, every one of us probably somewhere along the line, were like for better or worse told, you know, keep, keep, you know, maybe your focus isn't what it should be or in an effort to kind of keep the blood pumping in the, in the thing after several seasons. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it can be, they're all kind of traps to fall into when you've been doing something for a long time. 
people can get blasé or or take things for granted or assume that the audience knows a cer- certain thing. And but anyway, so yeah, the level of accountability. It sounds like you had good, good yeah, good level of co accountability because you wanted to, you wanted to be able to produce for your for your for the rest of your uh, people. Yeah, um, you know, as you know, I uh, talk a lot about financial wellness, you know, many, many actors struggle with financial stability, right? Finding stability and financial security in an unpredictable industry. You know, um, (laughs) you and I joke about it. You're like, look, you know, just let's keep out of whiskers, you know, we're fine. But, uh, yeah. For the people who are uh, listening that, that refers to uh, any character in a a scenario where, where you have to don uh, a cowl or, or some whiskers or, uh, you know, uh, some space creature with the uh, big ears, or I mean, you know, some of them. It's hard, very, it's hard to get another role after that. Yeah. yeah, but I did just trying to keep out of the whiskers was 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 a goal for a time. Yeah. <laughs> so, how have you approached your your thought about, as you said, being selective about parts? Right. Sometimes people get, I imagine, actors, you know, because the financial roller coaster can be unstable. <clears> how <throat> have you approached it in both? navigating being selective and managing your own finances through the ups and downs, you know, professionally yeah. to give you some security to be able to perform in your career. Cause I would imagine this is just a guess that people might get a little anxious and take a bad part or, you know, do things that oh, yeah. co- compromise themselves or they act, they lose their center a bit. Yeah. Yeah. For example, I'm, I mean, if somebody threw a pair of whiskers at me right now, I'd, I'd, I'd strap them on in two seconds. I'd be like a big, <laughs> I could stop be a space gerbil. I, um, yeah, I mean, I spent the last two years making this film, an independent film for which yeah. uh, uh, you're not paid uh, extremely well. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and then there was COVID and, and, and then putting the movie out. So yeah, uh, there is no regular income stream in, in my business. Um, even, even when you, are lucky enough to be on a show like Mad Men. That's a six month gig in, out of you know out of the twelve. And yeah. The rest of the six months you're looking for work, um, and that's and that's fine and that's a secure job that went on for the better part of ten years. The the making of it. Um, so yeah, I'm always I'm always looking for a job, and then you like you say if you if you want to be selective and you want to you know I really haven't uh, I haven't been in the theater in a long time. I, I'd like to do a play. Plays don't pay like television. Nothing pays like television. Far though, right now television doesn't pay at all. Um, but yeah, so you have to. It, it's tricky to um, to make people. Uh, aware of the of the specific anxieties of trying to pay real world bills in a make pretend economy, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm trying to get, you know hook onto a show that shoots ten episodes of this, and then another one that shoots ten episodes of that, which is a very uh, a, a relevant struggle. With that's what everybody's talking about. Like how do you how do you make a year's worth of income on an eight episode show? Or it used to right. be you got on a television show, there were 22 episodes, and that was a year's worth of work. That covered pay your bills and your insurance and your rent and your mortgage and everything. Now it's eight episodes of, of money that isn't, isn't as good. Yeah, so trying to, 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 to live in the world that w- w- with that as your income is uh, stressful and tricky. 
Yeah. So I, I imagine many high, you know, people perceive that high profile actors or athletes, you know, in the public eye have, they assume they're financially have stability, right? Because yeah. they're like high profile. But as you said, it's sometimes all show and no go, you know, as it says, I guess, but we've seen some yeah. people with extravagant spending or legal disputes or investment losses leads to setbacks, bankruptcies. I mean, I imagine you must witness from your, your, your peers, successes and failures of high profile individuals and uh, things that you've witnessed that you said, Oh, that's smart. That's a good hack. Or that's, you know, that's a bad way to approach things. Like, have you learned some lessons from some people that have done it well and not so well over the years? You don't have to name names, but, you know, have you witnessed people that have been good or bad role models, you know, um, mentors to you, so so to speak, over the years? Um, yeah, but every case is different. You know, I mean, you can look at someone who's a friend and they're, they have, they look different. They, they, they sound different. They get different kinds of parts. They get, they, they, they. It's just hard to compare to anyone else's Not situation. Yeah. Not there parallel. are a lot of distinct parallels. Um, yeah. Then maybe you could learn what not to do. You would witness someone and say, yeah, I, I definitely don't want to do that. Right. But as soon as you say that, you know, there's the, there's the space gerbil again. And you go, boy, thank God I haven't had to do that. And then two years of making a movie and, and another year and a half of COVID and the strike. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, do you want to go uh, – you want to go to deep space and you go, you know, uh, yeah, I do. So, and I think that's, and I think if you've done a certain amount of work and, and, you know, sometimes even not, I mean, you know, you have to do what you have to do, but if you've done a certain amount of work, hopefully you can expect that, that, that your peers will go, that's a, you know, they'll know what a money gig looks like. Yeah. And and won't uh, necessarily uh, hold hold it against you. Yeah. So, well, I, I think if I remember, you 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 do a lot of surfing for self care. You know, I talk about wisdom, wealth, and wellness. So, your, your wellness and self care, you know, both the demands of writing, directing, filming. You know, uh, being in different locations around the world. Have you developed uh, daily habits? to stay mentally and physically healthy? Cause you're not always in a location that you can surf to get your mind quiet. Is there, is there things you've done to be able to help you stay grounded and centered in that regard? Um, yeah, I, uh, do surf, but as you said, you can't do that everywhere. Um, exercise certainly, uh, daily. Uh, I do TM, um, which I've been doing for years. Um, we actually had and Bob should, Roth. We actually had Bob Roth, I think, as a guest on one of really? the podcasts. Who's the, I should do it more. I, I it's funny how I, I'm someone who, in, in the times I really should be meditating, or the times that I I go away from it. I don't know if that's common, but it's really the most sort of anxious, stressful type situations. I think not all of them. Like when I was directing this film, that's a stressful situation. I would wake up and do that every every morning just to start the day with a less scrambled, you know, chain of, of, of ideas and, and, uh, you know, tasks. Um, but yeah, you know, just sort of try to moderate everything. Don't drink too much. Don't, don't, don't go crazy, uh, uh, obsessing over, I mean, it's hard right now, you know, waking up and not looking at your phone to see if you got a job. 
but it's hard to live that way. You have to be where you are and, and, and accept that uh, this is, this is going to take a while and, and figure out something else to do. Um, so yeah, I do. I, I, I'm in Long Island right now. I can surf here if the weather's right. And, um, <laughs> you know, there's the beach, there's, I read a lot, there's films and, you know, the same thing everybody else does. Just try not to go uh, over the deep end in one area or another. Yeah, 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 yeah. T- tell us about Maggie Moore's, a film inspired by real life murders of two women from Houston. I, I know that you were, I've heard you talk passionately about this, but what, what are you to tell in the story? What stories and topics, um, you know, are you most passionate about bringing to life right now through this, through this um, story? It is a story based on the real life, as you just said, the real life murders of two women in Houston uh, in two, the year 2000. Uh, both of them were named Mary Morris, and they were found in a short span of time, both dead in this uh, 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 small town. So that was a circumstance that the writer of, of Maggie Moore's thought was an interesting jumping off point and then created a, a fictitious world based on that. So um, while this is an open case, this Mary Morris case in in Houston and, and anybody, and I've spoken to the daughters of both of these women and they're obviously all they want is to figure out what happened. Hmm. Still, still an open case. So if anybody knows anything, they can call Crime Stoppers and, and, um, and, and provide any assistance. Hmm. But this film is about, um, it stars John Hamm and Tina Fey and Nick Mohammed from, um, Ted Lasso. People know him from that. Uh, and it's, a it's a dark comedy, um, about a bunch of people in a small town, all of whom are at a point in their lives that is sort of critical. Uh, one's a widower. One is a, is, is recently divorced. One is business is just sort of falling apart. Um, and, and then what I liked about the script is that there's a lot of different tones, little to, uh, uh, tonalities going on. Um, there's some violence, there's some thrills, there's a little romance, there's some loneliness and, um, and the script is written by a guy named Paul Birnbaum and the movie turned out great. It's on demand now, wherever you get your movies. Um, and it goes to Hulu in the fall and, and should I keep talking? And we shot yeah. it in Albuquerque, yeah, yeah, New no, Mexico. No, it's, it's go ahead. And it's a desert story. Um, and, um, ham is great in it. He plays the chief of police. Tina Fey plays the, next door neighbor of a guy who has a small business and is up to some sketchy stuff that his wife finds out about and, um, and, uh, and gets himself in, uh, to, uh, you know, up to his neck pretty quick. And, uh, it's up to John Ham and Nick Mohammed who plays Ham's, uh, deputy. And they're very funny together, um, uh, to work out what the hell is going on in this small town where nothing much has ever happened. And uh, well, it's really, sounds... really terrific. I'm Excellent. Very proud of it. Look forward to look forward to seeing it. So, do you see directing more as a byproduct? And as the, how was the experience of directing versus being on the being on the other side of the camera for you? I mean, that must um, be interesting. I directed a bunch of Mad Men episodes, uh, yeah. and I've directed for Judd Apatow, and and I made a feature a few years ago 
called God's Pocket with Philip Seymour Hoffman and John Turturro and Richard Jenkins, great mm. actors. Um, so I've done a bit of it and I like it. Um, like anything, if you get the right script and the right collaborators, it's great. If you, It's difficult because there's a lot more, you're responsible for a lot more than just your own performance. Yeah. Um, I produced this as well and hired everybody and, um, which I like doing. Um, but it's, 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 it's challenging and it's challenging if you don't have a lot of money, which I didn't. Um, but you know, I'd like to do it again. I would, I, if I, I, I'm looking for a story, looking for another script and, uh, you know, I'd like to act though. I haven't done that in a couple of years. That'd be fun. My day job. <laughs> Mix it up a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, do you, this is kind of just a change of venue for a moment. You know, how does your being a father, you know, as you raise a child and you see, you know, your child now getting into the, to the real world, right? Graduating college, I think next year. Is that right? He's graduated college and he's taking acting lessons. Oh, Joe. Oh boy. Uh, here we go. Oh, All joy. Right. So how, how is said. that? Oh, joy. How is that approach? How is that approach to, uh, you know, <clears throat> your <throat> perspective of your work, your roles, even coaching him through his, his journey. Mm-hmm. How's that changed your perspective that on the industry and, and maybe on, uh, you know, giving him a boost. I think it's great that he's doing it. I, uh, I think he'll be good at it. I've, I've seen him. He is good at it. Um, yeah. uh, and my wife is obviously an actor and her parents are both actors. And so he's, I don't know whether it's in the blood or, or just seems like a normal business to go into. Whereas, you know, my growing up show business seemed kind of outrageous to the people that I was <laughs> living with. Not outrageous, just unlikely. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, I, somebody just sent me an, a, a clip of a commercial audition that I did 35 years ago, a guy that I bumped into. And it was sort of horrifying because I thought, oh, I'll see myself younger. And, and I, I was terrible. It was just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, uh, but here you are. You, Christ, you still work. Here I, yeah. I mean, I managed to. Luckily, I don't, I don't think I got that part, but or, or it never saw the light of day, and hopefully, it never does. But uh, you know, again, being selective and and you know, it's, you could, it, it's it's hard sometimes with material that's that's not great to be yeah. good. So that was my point early on was saying, you know, try to be selective because you you give yourself a better chance with good material than you do with shit material. Yeah, you know. I mean, I yeah. think that's the same in any business. I mean, if you're yeah. if you're working for with good people in a in a company that that means something, you're you're liable to do better work. So you tell your son that even at a young age, like be be selective about the work <clears> you're <throat> taking. It's hard because you know I'm sure he wants to break through and you know get a spot, get 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 anything just to show that he's got his foot in the door, right? On his yeah, own, it really helps to have somebody to to go. You know, don't waste your time on that. Yeah, I wish I, wish yeah. I had that. I, 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 it was a different world when I came up and I was doing commercials, and yeah, and a, a lot of commercials are silly, and they're just you know, they're, it's 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 just a way to make money and, and quit the job at the law firm that I had when I first moved to New York City. So it, it, there was a reason for it and, it, and it provided you know a service, but it's tough to be. I think the tough part now, and maybe it always was in show business, is being attached to those early performances there aren't that many businesses where you learn in public like we do right 
you right. do something and you go, I had no idea what I was doing. And, and, and there, there it is. It's still there. And, and I was, you know, 25 Whoops. years old. And who wants to see that? Nobody wants to see what kind of work they were doing when they were 25. Yeah, let me hide some of the things on IMDb or whatever. You know, like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to be recognized on that part. Yeah. I mean, some of them are good. Some of them aren't good, but, <clears throat> yeah. you know, the fact so, that they don't go away. Yeah, that's got to be tough. So, daily habits, you know, you finally, you, 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 Excuse you me. once told Stephen Colbert. I got something, something stuck. brewing. So, you once, you once told Stephen Colbert that uh, you read the New York Times physically, the physical newspaper every day. <clears throat> you still, and, and, what else do you do every day that gives you joy? Uh, I do still read the New York Times, the, the, the actual physical copy of the New York Times. You're um, the only subscriber, huh? You're the only one left. I know in my, in my elevator in my apartment, I think I said that on that show, that there used to be a stack of them, and you would grab yours off the stack, and now there's one, maybe two. <laughs> um, I like reading the paper because I don't necessarily enjoy other people's interpretation of the news, whether it depends. I don't care what your proclivities are. I don't want to see some guy from CNN or some woman from MSNBC or someone from Fox or wherever you watch telling me how, you know, enhancing it when we're spinning it, which, which they all do. So I feel like, and I know that the New York times is a certain, uh, of a certain bent, but it's just reading the words on the page. Uh, seem a little less um uh what's the word uh performance like cool so it's joyful i, mean, I read the, the journal too i don't i mean i read other papers besides the new york times but i just feel like yeah you you the sensational is what i was thinking the word yeah <clears throat> yeah so you get a joy out of processing on your own being able to think for yourself i, I think that's probably you know there you go you can if you, you want to share that with your son, you can tell him processing information, self-filtering is probably important, right? Um, where, yeah, where can people, yeah. Thinking, you know, figuring out what you've, you, you know, having an opinion. Yeah. 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 Where, where can people find you? Where can people connect? Do you have like a web page, social media when, when new things are put out, no. whether you're on Broadway or on a film or putting, no. putting a movie together? Is there, no. is there, they find you or you're invisible. Just find you on the, on the surfboard. They can't find me. I, I and I. It's selling this movie was the first time I wished that maybe I had more of a social media presence. But I, I don't. I, I'm not compelled to alert people when I'm, uh, you know, eating uh, <laughs> well, uh, avocado like toast or whatever. People want to you know. know. People, people I are mean, interested. Like, in here's knowing. me. I'm, I'm moving my foot. You know, like what? <laughs> I, I don't understand what what people's like. What what the. the All right. The, we'll, we'll leave. We'll leave with one good fun. You know, fun. Yeah. I know this. We're a little over time, but uh, if you're if you had an alter ego career path and a road un untaken that would surprise most people, what what would you do? <clears throat> um, I have no idea. What would I do? I mean, I've thought of doing this since I was, you know, uh, middle school. I mean, probably elementary school. I, I, uh, what would I That's do brilliant. for a job? I, uh, I, I was going to say maybe politics, but that was when I was younger and it seemed like politics um, was an arena that you had to be less conditioned to uh, uh, perform in. Now yeah. it's, uh, it seems like the people who are running for office are people who, who I guess, well, there's no different than who, who had this in their head since they were of a certain age and have, and have uh, adhered to a certain kind of behavior in order not to be caught out. 
You know what I mean? I hear um, you. I hear you. So I don't know what the hell I'd do if I wasn't doing this. Politics. Hey, we need, we need, you know, we can always throw in another candidate. We can write you in the ballot for 2024, yeah. I think, you know? Yeah. Anyway, thanks for joining us today. I, uh, I'm grateful for your spending a half an hour and, uh, and, and good luck with Maggie Moores. And, uh, I think that's great to, if anyone, since it's an unsolved crime to, uh, to throw in any information I yeah. know. And, uh, I hope yeah. that, uh, your future, future is, uh, the next 25 years are better than the last 25 for you. So thanks, man. Um, if anyone enjoyed this and wants to subscribe, you can subscribe free for Wisdom, Wealth, and Wellness anywhere on where you get your podcasts or on YouTube. All links are in the show notes, and it's the Topsky.com podcast. Thanks a lot. <laughs>